Praise the Lord. We're glad to be in the house of God tonight. Thank you so much for being with us tonight in the house of God. Thank you for those that have joined with us and those that are in-house alike. Uh, sent out a, just as a reminder, we did send out a, an announcement today about our Roku app. Uh, if you downloaded off of the link prior to yesterday, if you downloaded anything prior to yesterday, uninstall and then reinstall. Now you can search for CVCOG as in the app store on Roku, and that's the, that's the app you want. The other one is a beta test. That way, just to sort of try to keep us rolling in the right direction. Just as a reminder about that, you can do a search for CVCOG, and that way you can get that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch and minister. We do still have, if you in-house and you look around, you can see those that are not here. Uh, there's still several sick connected to the church. We've had several connected that are the flu, different things. Start to get better and then get worse. Start to get better get worse. It doesn't help that it's... 22 degrees outside, so that makes a big difference as well. So we want to continue to be praying for each one of them. If you're in-house, have a prayer request. Let it be known by lifting your hand. This all stand, those that are able. If you're on live feed, you can text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. Visit our website, cvcog.church forward slash prayer to pray for each other on our prayer wall. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today again, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Tonight I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll touch those that are sick connected to our church. Touch those that are in-house, those that are on live feet alike. You've seen the uplifting of the hands. You see those that are sick connected. You see those that are on the road traveling. You see the things that are going on connected to our church. You see those that are on the, the prayer wall, those that have been texted in. Father, I pray you'd move and minister in a mighty way. In our services tonight, those in kids' class, our teens, young adults here in the sanctuary, Father, I pray you would move in a mighty way this very day, this very hour. I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise and let's worship in song tonight. Amen. You get a book and look at page 119. Help us worship tonight. 119. Jesus paid it all. Thank you. 
page over to 120 and we'll sing victory in Jesus 120 
Glory be to God. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. Over the last couple of days, I was going <laughs> to, I did not, uh, I didn't share what I felt like that God was wanting for Coosa Valley until this past Sunday, uh, December the 31st, and that is more, more in 24. We want more of God in 2024. And so, Brother Kevin, I had uh, I had one of my great pastor friends with friends like this. He texted me and he said, uh, he said, so you're 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 going to be doing more. I said, he, I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, more of what? I said, well, more of God, more prayer. You know, we need to do more so that we can get more of God in our lives. He said, uh, well, what about more pancakes? When I got through talking to him, I wanted pancakes. So, any route, uh, he advised me to go to Waffle House or Huddle House and get some pancakes. But anyway, I want more of God in our lives. And so, and to that end, wanting more of what God has got for us, there's several things over the next, over the next couple of, uh, next several Wednesday nights. I know that I've, I've preached on this before. I know I've taught on this before. And it's okay. This is going to be done in a different way, different fashion, different concept. Uh, if you, you know, you want to go back and you want to rewatch the live streams, uh, write down, take notes, but write Bible verses down. You're, you're watching uh, the, the services, write these down. You can pause them online. That's fine. You're in-house, write the, some verses down. Go back and watch it, write verses down. Because I want to, I want us to, I don't want it just to be just me preaching or teaching and then we're going back to the house and just doing whatever we always do. We all need to dig into the Word of God and we need to dig deeper into God's Word and actually get what God is wanting in our lives. Amen? I remember going, I remember going to college and, and I remember in high school, people did not like this. I didn't have to break my books home. I, I mean, I'd go in, take tests, make A's on these tests, never bring a book home, and they were some of my uh, high school classmates couldn't stand that. They just it just irritated to them. And so when I got to college, I learned, brother Danny, very quickly. It's gonna be different. I got I got to take book. I got I got to study now, and this stuff was hard. And so it's not that the Bible's hard. I really think. That and I'm and I'll touch on this in a minute, but some more down in here. But I think that, and not that this is a bad thing, but I think a lot of us. It, well, that's what I've always heard, or that's what I've always taught. That's what, and we get stuck on something of the way we've always heard or always taught, and we never realize. Well, that might not necessarily be what God wants, uh, because nobody's infallible. I can read the Word of God, I can study, and I can get something, and I could get it wrong. The only way we're all going to know that is if we're all studying and digging into the Word of God. And so I think I hope that you're praying, I hope that you're fasting, I hope that you're studying, I hope you're doing devotionals, I hope you're getting into the Word of God, because we all have to do that, amen? We've got to get into the Word of God. And so when we want more of God... There's one thing that we're going to have to do, and that's called praying. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. 
uh, and I know that several will say, you know, several, you know, I'm I'm 44 years old, and so I remember when, I remember when prayer was taken out of school, and people was all upset about prayer being taken out of school, and I was like, it don't bother me one bit. They they say it's taken out of school, and. And I could, and I had some church folks. that was like, I can't believe you're saying that. I can't believe you're acting like that. I can't believe you're you don't you don't care if prayer's in school or not. I said I didn't say that. I said they said prayer is out of school. Do, do you under, Do you see the difference there? They may have said prayer was out of school, but I can promise you they were still praying going on in school. How is there prayer going on in school? If it's being taught in the home, it's being done in the schools. If it's being taught at church, it's being done at home. It's being done in the schoolhouse. So, you know, the government can take prayer out of school all day long. That doesn't mean anything. Does, does that make sense? The, the government can tell me I can't pray at my house. Well, I can promise you once that front door closes, it ain't none of nobody else's business what goes on. I'm going to pray in my house. Does that make, make, make any sense? And as, as to quote the Bible... As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? And so, I want us to understand that prayer is a key component. Prayer is extremely important. Praying effectively is very important. And so, we've taught, I know over the last eight and a half years or so, I know that I've taught multiple different times on prayer. Some of you that's been, been going here for this whole time, y'all can remember, some of you will remember, I had a big a big banner stuck that stayed on a, a, a board over here for the longest and was talking about prayer, and there was different avenues of prayer, and we had that, we taught on prayer, there was one time I turned the prayer room over here into a prayer, into a prayer station, and we had different things taped up on the wall, and I encouraged people to go in and pray, and there was things on the wall about what we needed to pray about. And so we need we need prayer. There's times going down the road you need prayer. Why? Because those people don't know how to drive. Uh, there's a there's a uh, a new friend of mine that he's just moved into this area. I'm not going to tell you that he's from Michigan. It's been rough over the last couple of days. I'm just going ahead and telling you, talking to him is just rough. But anyways, because he's a big Michigan fan, <laughs> Wayne. That's exact. Uh huh. Yes, I will be wearing a blue suit to church Sunday, just for him. I just, I'm just, it, it is what it is. But the whole point, I know, Brother Larry, it's just bad. But anyways, so, you know, he, t- he, he asked me, he said he just moved here from Michigan, and he said, what's this all about about snow? Everybody's so worried about snow. I said, you, you've just moved to Alabama. This is your first snow. You'll get it. You'll get, you'll catch it in a minute. He said, they was somebody was saying something about that some of the grass might be snowy and they're gonna shut everything down. And he's like, Why? I said, just wait till you get through your first winter here. It'll be all right. Gr- snow is different here than it a lot different than here than it is up in Michigan. And he's just shaking his head at me the whole time. I said, just trust me, it'll be all right. Well, then one other time I seen him, I said, Man, it's cold. He said, This ain't cold. It's a lot different. And I said, When you start driving on the road and these people here or driving with you, you'll be starting to pray more. Why? Because nobody knows how to drive. Some people don't know how to drive in the sunshine, much less snow. So 
You go to Walmart, you got to pray. All these things, you could go on and on and on about prayer. We need prayer, amen? And so, but we need to know how to pray. I've listened to people over the years. I'm not talking about anybody in this church. I've, li- I've just listened to people over the years. I, re- I-, I loved it when we'd have prayer meeting in our church, in our home church. And I would sit, don't tell nobody I ever said this, but I, I would sit off to the side and I would just start listening to the one that's closest to me praying. And then I'd get up and I'd walk closer to somebody else and I'd listen to them pray. And I'd get up and I'd walk somewhere else and I'd sit there and I'd just listen to hear people pray. And, and some of them, they prayed like they was in spiritual, in, in, in spiritual kindergarten. And, and you could tell when you'd find somebody else that was praying that you could tell they'd been praying for quite some time. Me, if I started speaking Spanish... You can tell I'm going to butcher it. Why? Because I don't speak Spanish. But now if I done, if I spoke it a lot, I might would get better. It's the same concept. And so I, I, loved, I loved getting near somebody and they would repeat the same phrase over and over and it was something that they heard somebody else say. And that was all they knew how to pray. And I'm not making fun of that. It was that's all they knew on how to pray. And so we need to know what it is to pray. We need to know how to get a hold of God to pray. So we need to know how to pray. I want to ask you a question. What a difference our world would be like. What a difference our world would be like if everyone stopped and prayed. Well, what a difference the world would be like. And I'm not talking about praying to Allah or or Buddha, or anybody like that. I'm talking about really stop and get a hold of God in prayer. What would be different at our UN assembly meetings when they have these UN assembly meetings? What would be different if when they would meet in Congress, the House of Representatives or the Senate? What would be different if if when they met in Montgomery and they stopped and really prayed? I'm not saying... Dear Heavenly Father, touch this assembly today. Help us to have the wisdom to know that what we need to do in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everybody get on their knees before God. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of those folks, if they got on their knees before God and they started praying, they might get saved. But the thing about it is, is what a difference the world would be like if people would just stop and spend time in prayer. Amen? And I think that's something that we really need to look at. So to that end, take a look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. We find here that Jesus, the disciples have been listening to Jesus pray. He would go different places and they would listen to Jesus pray. Remember what I told you a moment ago, how that As younger, I'd walk around and I'd sit near somebody that was praying and I was listening to them pray. Well, this is like what the disciples was doing. They was walking around and they they was listening to Jesus when he prayed. And and so Luke 11 verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. The disciples was nearby and they was listening to him pray. And when Jesus finished, one of the disciples, Luke, came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. The disciples was observing Jesus in prayer 
And then when Jesus got through praying, it was a spontaneous question, a spontaneous response. They wanted to know how to do what he was doing. Now, if I go somewhere and I see somebody doing something, and I'm inquiring about it, I'm inquisitive about it, I am interested in that thing, I'm going to find out how to do that. One of the things that I guess I've been bad at or good at, I don't know which way you want to look at it, is over the years, if there was something going on and something happening or something taking place, if I didn't know how to do that, I researched, I done, I, 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 I tried to find out anything about that particular topic, that particular thing, whatever it was, I, I'm just an inquiring minds want to know type guy. I love information. I love to just start reading about something, do research about something. I love, it don't matter what it is, it can be how, how the oil operates on our vehicles. It, I mean, I'm just using that as some silly example. It don't matter what it is, I want to find out about this thing. I want to dig into this. I want to know something about it. And so these disciples, they're finding out Jesus has been praying. Now think about this. These disciples have been with Jesus, and every time he goes somewhere, every time he does something, every time he there's a healing going on, every time he's raised somebody from the dead, every time he's healed somebody, every time he's taught, every time he's done anything, Jesus got along by himself and prayed. And so the disciples have heard him pray time and time again. They've been listening to this. And then, he, so follow with me. He goes and he, he heals a bunch of folks. Then he goes off to pray. He comes back, he heals folks. He goes off and prays. He come back, comes back and teaches and teaches and teaches. He goes off and pray. Do you see what you're following the process here? And so the thing that we see here on this is the disciples are noticing what he's doing in ministry-wise is draining him and his source of strength, his source of comfort, his source of getting information, his source that he needs to rejuvenate himself is he's getting along to pray. And so now we find in Luke chapter 11, the disciples are there near when Jesus is praying. He was praying in a certain place. And when he got finished praying, the disciples said, Hey, Teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to observe prayer. Teach us how that we need to dig into prayer. So why, and no, I'm not going into the disciples' prayer or the Lord's prayer. But I'll ask you something. Why do you think, why do you think it is that prayer is something that is so rejuvenating, that is so important, that Jesus thought of its importance so much that he spent time in prayer to the Heavenly Father. Well, I'll answer that. Before we even get into anything else, let's go down that road. First of all, man was created by God in the image and the likeness of God, and God intended that God and man should always be together. God has always intended for God and man to have a relationship. 
Some people say that, and I agree with this statement, some people say that God created Sister Carrie just for me because nobody else could put up with me, and I agree with that. I 100% agree with that, you know, and she's told people she's been kissing on me uh, since we was four and five years old because we, when we was four and five and six years old, you know, we was boyfriend and girlfriend then, and and so I believe that God has intended for me and Sister Carrie to be together. We all agree there's nobody else on planet earth that could put up with me like me. So God intended on that. Now don't everybody agree, JJ, very quickly, but that's both of you. So we agree with that. Now, I also, it, to that end, people say that all the time. They're talking about that. And, then, and then, then you also hear other people, they'll say, they'll say that they believe that God creates every person a soulmate. And, all, and they'll go into that, like that. And then people will talk about their husband and their wife, how that they know that God created them for each other. And here's the thing. I firmly believe that God has created man for God and man to have, mankind to have that relationship. Take a look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. God created man so that in the image of God. God didn't create man in the image of a rhinoceros. God did not, watch this. Man, this just hit my head like a ton of bricks. This thought right here. I'm going to have to write this one down. I'm going to have to go back to this one. Watch this. God created man, you and I, in God's image. Notice, God did not create man in the image of Lucifer. God created man in the image of God. Amen? And so God has intended on there being a relationship between God and man throughout all eternity. God created that for that particular reason. God has put mankind as in the image of himself so that there would be a relationship between man and God. In the image of God, he created him. But guess what? Man got in the way. And God and man separated. They came apart. They didn't stay together. God never desired that he and mankind be separated. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. The first separation came when man ceased communication with God and began communication with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. God, realize this. God walked into the cool of the day to have communion with man. God wanted that relationship between him and mankind. He come down from heaven down to walk in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden with mankind. But the Lord says to man when he created him, now, here's another little nugget here that I, one of the little things I'm studying on, but it'll, it'll be later on. God 
told Adam, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 17. He goes on and says, Did I put that in there? Verse 17, he goes on and says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. Now, there's a process of death, right? We're born, and the process of death starts upon our birth. We're not going to live forever. Now, I've been reading, you know, starting in Genesis and starting to read through, and I don't know about living as long as some of these folks. Some of these folks, they was, they was you know, 100, 200, 300 years old before they started having kids. What are they talking about? Are you kidding? I cannot imagine being having a child at 400 years old and then at 417 having a teenager. That would just, whoa, no. Okay? But this is what's going on and this is what's happening. They, they're, they're ha they did not start having kids till. These eight, on up at some triple digits, hundreds and something years old. And then they start to have kids, but they also live to 900 years old. What was they thinking? That's wild. Uh -uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about living that long. But death has started whenever that child is first born. Death has already started the process. Our cells have started to de to degrade. Our cells have started to die. I, I could have looked this up. I didn't. Your cells on your hands, every so many hours, they rejuvenate themselves, and all these dead cells come off of your hands, and your dead cells are all over the place. Sometimes that makes me sort of, you know, it makes me a little, got a little heebie-jeebies going on. These dead cells everywhere. Sort of gives you the heebie-jeebies, don't it? <laughs> All them dead cells everywhere. But think about this. Think about this. We born and then th the death process started. Why? Because of this right here. Because Adam and Eve decided they knew better than God. Not only that, instead of having communication with God... They started having communication with Lucifer, the devil, hello, the prince of the earth, the serpent. They, start, they quit having communication with God and they start having communication with the devil in the Garden of Eden. Go on down to look at in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Look at what it says here. Now the serpent, now Lucifer, now the devil was more crafty than any other beast of the field that God had made. God created God created the heavens, God created the angels, God created the rhinoceros, God created the giraffe, God created every creature on earth. But this serpent was more crafty than any other beast that God had made. He slithers on in. And he says, did God actually say, you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? 
Now, see, God, the serpent has twisted the words of God. The serpent twists the words that God had given to mankind. The serpent twists these things around and tries to get Eve to question what has God told. What happens right here? Instead of listening to God, now mankind has started to listen to the devil. Do you follow that? Well, guess what? The doctor can, and I'm not calling doctors devils, okay? Don't, don't think that. But the doctors can give you something, a kind of a report. The doctors can give you a bad medical report. Now, you can leave there all in gloom and doom of all the bad things that's going to happen. Or you can say, whose report am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? You go to the doctor, go to the bank, and the bank can say all these bad things. But whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of listening to what the devil tries to set on your shoulder and tries to tell you. You're defeated. No, I'm victorious. Hello? You'll never amount to anything. No, I am a child of the king. Amen? Oh, no. Every, you're a loser. Nope, I'm a winner. I'm on the winning side. I'm victorious. Amen? I'm triumphant. You don't have anything. You'll never have anything. Nope. My father owns a cattle of a thousand hills. I've got everything that God, I, you can't do anything. Nope. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What we've got to do is we've got to quit listening to what the devil is trying to tell us. And we start need to listen to the report that God is telling us. Amen. Man's headlong plunge into iniquity began when he refused to heed the truth of God and deliberately preferred the lies of the devil. When you start listening to the lies of the devil, you will start tearing your own self down. Lies will tear you down. Lies will break you down. Anybody that I've ever talked to, anybody when you start when you start digging into the psychology of man's, man's mindsets, man's, man's ego, man's uh, uh, personification of man's self, all of these things will start to tell you that man, that the way things are is because of what, what's happened to them. If, you know, it, I, I, I remember I, I went to a counselor, I was probably seven, eight years old, and they'd taken me to a counselor, and, and one of the first things was they start digging into how did your mom or your dad talk to you? How does this? How's this? And when we left, we got I got in the car and mom said, "So how'd that go?" I said, "I ain't going back here. That dude's a devil." She said, "Are you serious?" I said, "That dude's a devil. I ain't going back here. I won't go back here. That dude's crazy." When we start trying to dissect the things of what, I, look, I get it. How people talk to you, how people, if people degrade you, if people tear you down with their words. I'm going to tell you something, what's the most powerful weapon that man has? The tongue. Life and death is in the power of the, it doesn't say the nine millimeter. It doesn't say a knife. It doesn't say the tank. It doesn't say a bazooka. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all, this ear ain't working, so y'all talk to me. Y'all better be loud. I can't hear nothing. <laughs> what we've got to realize and understand is simply this. 
if we start to, if we start just only believing what's been told to us and we don't believe the report that God's given to us and all we believe is the lies that the devil throws at us it can tear you down if every time you walked into somewhere and if okay let's look at it this way if every time you walk if you come into the living room you wake up in the morning you walk in the living room your spouse is sitting on the on the on the couch and every time you walk in there, your spouse looks at you and says, you're, you're of just no good. You'll never amount to anything. You're a deadbeat. Every morning, that's all you ever hear. No, my wife don't tell me that. Don't, don't think. I'm not saying that. But if that's all you ever hear, you start to believe it after a while, right? Parents, if all you ever tell your kids is you're worthless, you'll never amount to anything, you, you're nothing but a deadbeat, you're just a moocher, you're just this, you're just this. If that's all you ever tell your kids and they never hear, I love you, you will be victorious, you, you are an overcomer. If they never hear any good thing, all they hear is the bad stuff, guess what? They're going to start believing that, right? They're going to start believing that. What we've got to do is we've got to understand that life and death is in the power of our tongue and how you interact with others, how you conduct yourself, how you, how you, how you appear to those around you is going to go back to what's been, what are you believing? Are you going to believe the report of God? Are you going to believe the report of truth? Are you going to believe that? Or are you going to believe the lies of the devil? If all your spouse or your parent ever tells you is you're worthless, you will mean you mean nothing, you you'll never amount to anything, then guess what? If that's what you believe, then that's what's gonna take place. But what we've got to do is we've got to understand, look, I'm not telling you that you've got to go find somebody to tell these things to you. Brother Danny, last time I checked, the Bible tells me things. Everybody can tell me that I'm worthless. I know I'm not. I know I mean something. Why? Because the Heavenly Father sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for my sins. I am worth something. The blood of Jesus Christ. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never accomplish anything. The Bible tells me I am an overcomer. I am victorious. I can do all things through Christ which gives me strength. If you can't find nobody to tell you something, get the word of God and let God speak into your life. People tell me all the time, I, I've heard this, I've heard this, and I've heard this. Well, it's just they, they are the way they are because of their upbringing, because of this, because of this, because nobody ever spoke good into their life, nobody poured into their life, nobody this, nobody this, nobody this.
what we've got to realize is if people, if that's all that's being poured into you is negative, you get your hands on the Word of God and you open up the positive of the Word of God in your life and you can counteract that generational curse. Don't allow the things that's going poured into your life to dictate how you're going to live your life. Amen. You've got to take a hold of this thing and go with it. Don't expect somebody else to do it. That's not in the outline. Let's go on. What we've got to realize is if we continuously believe, I'm supposed to, this is about praying, I get it. What we've got to realize and understand is if we're constantly believing the lies of the devil, we're constantly believing what the devil is throwing at us, that's all we're going to know, that's all we're going to believe. But once we look in the Word of God, once we open up the Word of God, look, hey, I just opened the Bible. Psalms 81. I, look, you, you ain't got to find somewhere. You open it up. Psalms 81. I just opened it. Okay? I just opened the Bible. Psalms 81. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine, the sweet lyle with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast. For the statue of Israel, a rule is of God of Jacob. Shout to the Lord. Let me tell you something. You just open the Bible and you start finding something good. You ain't got to dig much. Quit trying to believe what the devil is throwing at you and get a hold of what God is trying to give to you. Amen. Lord have mercy. Where was I even at? Let's go on. The result of separation. We're talking about the separation between God and man. We're talking about the separation between God and man. Since that day, since the day right here in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, since that day man has continued in his evil ways. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 says this, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great, on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. Look, people, I hear people all the time, and I'm fixing to bust your bubble if this is something you say, quit saying this. Well, you just got to follow your heart. You just got to follow your heart. You just got to follow your heart. Quit saying that. The Bible tells us the heart is evil above all things. I'm not following my heart. I'm following after God. I'm not following what my mind says. I'm following after God. I'm not going to follow the, the desires of my heart. Why? Because I, they're, not, they're evil. I need to follow after what God is saying in our lives. Look at what Genesis 6 and 5 says. And every intention of the thoughts of the heart of man was only evil continually. Do you know what makes man good? When the separation is separated from us. <laughs> if that's a good way of wording that. When the separation is separated from us, now man's heart can get back to the right where we're supposed to be. What we've got to realize and understand is the separation is what brings the evil into man's heart and man's lives. Amen? God with man is a wonderful relationship. Man without God 
is a contradiction in principle to everything God created. I'm going to say that again. Man, or God with man is a wonderful relationship. Man without God is a contradiction in principle to everything God created. God has created mankind to be dependent upon Him. God created man to long for a relationship with Him. God has created mankind to want to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Man wants that relationship. I hear people say this. I hear people all the time, you know, all the years working at the funeral home. I'll hear people say, they'll say, well, if my spouse died, and it could be a husband or it could be a wife, it, it doesn't matter. I'll have to remarry because I can't live alone. Man's heart, man's, and I'm talking about man and woman, okay, wants to have a relationship most of the time. There are some exceptions that don't have to have anybody or that could go off in the middle of the woods somewhere and never see anybody except when they come to get groceries unless they find uh they probably order them from Publix and have them delivered, and they would be satisfied with that. There's some people that just don't like to have people around at all, okay? And I get that. When we go camping, we turn our camper away from everybody. We get the campsite where we don't see nobody. I sit there in, my, in, that, in that lawn chair, and I read a book. And if nobody ever come around, I'm okay. But eventually... I'm ready to come home, and I'm ready to interact with people, right? I like being around people. I like interacting with people, even though some people don't like me, and that's okay. I, I'm okay with that. I don't like them either. I'm kidding. Don't tell nobody I said that. Woo. But, but what we've got to realize is God with man is a wonderful relationship. Man is not good without God. Man can, man can give to the Salvation Army. Man can do all these great and wonderful things. But man without God is not a good thing. But man with God is a good relationship. So it takes us back to what we're looking at in the beginning. How to pray. If I wanted somebody to teach me to play the piano, Brother Chuck, you're not on top of my list. Why is Brother Chuck not at the top of my list? I don't, you can't play piano. <laughs> that would have been bad if he said I could play it. He can't play. So I'm not asking Brother Chuck to, to teach me how to play the piano. Because Brother Chuck is looking at that thing. He's doing this number. He's like me. He's like. probably not brave enough to do that but if I wanted to learn how to play the piano I'm not asking brother Chuck I'm gonna find me somebody that knows how to play I'm gonna call sister Deborah up and sister Deborah said uh-uh forget it hey nope I want to learn how to play the piano I'm gonna find somebody that that not only knows how to play but knows how to teach somebody how to play there's a lot of people that knows how to do things, 
but can't show somebody else how to do it. Y'all with me? All right. I'm going to use this as an example. There, I know how to do several things. And, and I've already told people, and of course I'm going to retire here so this is not a big thing. But I've always told people if I ever move to another church, I'm going to move to like Arkansas or something like that. I'm not going to tell anybody I know how to do anything. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say, I don't know, I'm going to do nothing. I love doing what I do. I'm fine with it. It's all good. It's great and wonderful. It saved us a lot of money. Me and Brother Tony and different ones, we set all the sound system up. We ran all the wires. We saved thousands. Did we not? It's thousands and thousands of dollars. When we bought that soundboard there that's in that sound booth, we bought it for $4,000. They drop shipped it here. Three or four of us, did we not? We got together and we set the board up. We ran all the wire. We set all the dials. We set everything up. And guess what? We saved the church $10,000. I love that. I'm so thankful to save us $10,000. That is awesome, right? Here's the thing. There are things I may know how to do, but I'm not a good teacher to teach somebody how to do that. Okay? And I'm not looking at the sound booth because I don't want to see Brother Tony shaking his head yes on that, okay? I'm going to just look down and I'm going There's things that I just, I know how to do them. It's hard for me to teach somebody. I can just, I can do it faster. <laughs> Chips. But there's things that I do know that I do teach people. I teach people how to be a, in churches, for example, I can teach people how to be a clerk. How to do, how to do the bookkeeping. I actually, I train other churches, I go to other churches and I train their clerks on how to be a clerk. I do not train them on how to set up the system, but I train them on how to do the job. There's a big difference there, okay? And I train them first to learn how to do it on paper before they learn how to do it on the computer. Why? Because I'm, I love technology, but one of these days... Internet's going to go down. I know it never goes down around this church. But, you know, Internet can go down. Technology can fail us. But writing it down on a piece of paper and, and having a pencil and piece of paper, you got that, right? And so if you know how to do it on paper, doing it on, on the computer is a whole lot easier. I had, one, I had one sweet little lady. She got mad and ugly at me because I was trying to teach her how to do it on paper. She said, I need to know how to do it on the computer. I said, yes, I understand that. Learn this, then you'll know that. And she got all mad at me until four about, about four months later, she was like, I know how to do this now. She was so happy. There's things that I can teach, but then there's things that I just, it, it's just easier to just do. So you need to have somebody that knows how to do something, but knows how to teach somebody how to do it. So who's the best teacher? Who's the best teacher to teach somebody how to pray? Who? Who can teach man better than the one who created man how to pray? Who can teach man how to pray better than the one who breathed the breath of life into mankind? Who? can teach man how to pray better than the one that loved man enough to send his only begotten son to die on the cross. Who better to teach man how to pray than the only begotten son that did die on the cross? Who can teach man, but man better how to pray than the one who has told man 
the truth and nothing but the truth at all times. And that truth has come to pass time and time again, just like God said it would. Man can tell you something, and man can be wrong. God will never be wrong. Right? What God says, you can take it to the bank. Why? Because God is absolute truth. Who's better to teach man how to do something than the, than the truth of God himself? No greater teaching, no greater learning relationship can exist than the relationship between God and man. And why is that? It's because God is the source of all truth. We find in the Word of God, and I'm going to run through some, I've got some verses, I'm going to just hit these very quickly, and I'm going to read these very quickly, so watch this. So hang with me. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and uh, verse 4. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness, and without iniquity, just and upright is he. He is the truth of all things. Isaiah 65 and 16. So that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth. And who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth. Indeed, Christ is the Son of God and Christ is truth. John chapter 14 and verse 16 says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you always. So God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. But then it doesn't stop there. He died, he was buried, he rose again and now is sitting on the right hand of the Father. And when he ascended to the heavens he said, I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. John 14 and 17, even the spirit of truth who, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. We know the spirit of truth. We know the God of truth. We know the Son of God, which is truth. John chapter 15 and 26. But when the Helper comes, I will send to you. I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth. Who proceeds from the Father. And he will bear witness about me. So we also know that the... God the Father is truth. God the Son is truth. God the Holy Spirit is truth. We also know that the Bible is the word of truth. John chapter 17 verse 17 says, Sanctify them in, your, in the truth. Your word is truth. You'll never amount to anything. I can do all things through Christ. You'll never have anything. God says, I will supply all of your needs. The doctor says you're going to die. There's a bad medical report. God says, I am your healer. Whose report are you going to believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. The Spirit of God is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. Sitting in the hospital room, we could have believed the doctor's report. And you might still be laying up in a hospital bed somewhere, if not worse. But we said, that's the report of the doctor. We're going to go to 
our heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, the great physician. We're going to believe the report of God, and that's what we've got to understand. Is it's not about what we're what we're being told here, but it's about what does the Word of God tell us about our life? You're you're defeated. No, I'm victorious. You're the tail. No, I'm the head. You'll never have anything. I've got everything. You'll never amount to nothing. No, I'm a child of God. Why? Because all the promises of God are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians. I'll stop right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For all the promises of God find their yes have you ever worded? Have you ever figured out why? The, have you ever thought about this? All the promises of God are. Just, why don't it just say all the promises of God are yes? No, it says all the promise for the all the promises of God find there. What is the there? The there is the promises of God. What does the promises of God find? They find their yes in Him. All the promises of God find their yes in God. It's not the promises that I'm making. It's the promise that God says He's making in our life. All the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. All the promises. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what's in your checking account. I don't care what indebtedness you got. I don't care if there's no food in the house and you ain't got groceries for tomorrow. The Bible tells us plainly that God is never that God will never see his righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I am a child of God. I'm going to act like it. I'm not a name it, claim it, and frame it person, but I'm the one that can go on to my knees before God and I can say, God, they might not be groceries in the house, but I need you to provide. The Bible says that my God shall provide all of my needs according to his, not my, my his riches in glory. Through Christ Jesus. I promise I'll try to tone this down next week. Because it's supposed to be Bible study. Woo, this is good. We're going to continue with this next Wednesday night. God has, man, God has man's best interest at heart. I don't know about you. But there's some people don't have my best interest at heart. But I'm glad that God does. Amen. The title of all this is Praying Effectively. Have we talked about praying yet? We need to know about praying before we can pray. God has my best interest at heart. Amen? Live feed. Thank you so much for joining with us. If you have a prayer request, text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. You can visit the website listed uh, in the box on, on the uh, on the bottom of the screen. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Join us Sunday school Sunday morning at 945. Worship at 11. May God bless you. Amen and amen.